0: You are now listening to Out of the Blank.
1: Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Tony Walker.
0: Hello. Thank you very much for having me on.
1: Tony, please inform everyone out here listening a little bit about yourself and what do you do
0: professionally? Okay. So um, for, a, for a living, I am a psychiatric nurse and I work at the moment in England with um, actually suicidal kids. So that's what I do uh, day in, day out, which isn't as uh, depressing as it sounds actually because a lot of the kids are really cool and really nice. I really like them. So, uh, you know, you can have a lot of fun and that sounds really weird. And I think you can be helpful as well and you can, you can help move them on.
1: Well, Hey man, that's, that's awesome because for me, I was bullied through school. So I wanted to do social work where I ended up, um, there's a giant opioid addiction in my area. So I started doing chemical dependency. Right. And then I kind of branched off from there into psychology. I found myself fascinated with the human mind. So I started looking at you know, there's a lot of kids experiencing a lot of, like, tragedy, and you see, you're now seeing anxiety hit kids at levels of 8 years old, 12 years old, such young ages where they go to their parents, they go to their grandparents, and they say, I have severe anxiety, and what's the first thing an adult's going to do as soon as a little kid tells them that?
0: Well, you know, I mean, I don't know if they take it seriously. I, when I first, because I've worked all ages uh, in mental health, you know, and I've, I've worked with older adults, I've worked with working age adults, and I've been doing this with the with the. So we go right down to, to however young you want. But in reality, I guess most that we see people. Eleven would be the youngest, but the bulk of them are going to be teenagers. But yes, yeah, you see, eleven years old. Eleven-year-old kids going to their parents saying they want to kill, they want to die, and you're just like, how how on earth do they even get that idea? They don't even un- yeah, yeah, you're
1: like, you don't take them seriously because like, there's you don't know what you don't know what depression is. Okay, you've never worked a day in your life, and you'll hear like responses like that. And I'm like, are you understanding the impacts of social media? How yeah, that's yeah. turned bullying into a whole new form. I Absolutely. mean, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, when I got my ass kicked. Or you know something happened where you know I got in something with a bully. It didn't go outside of school.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how it is now. And um, yeah, I'm an older guy now, obviously, but uh, we didn't have things like that. When you went home from school, that was that. It didn't matter if you're having a bad time. If somebody was going to, as you say, going to give you a kick in at school, you went home and you were fine. You know, but now. This, they're, they're sitting up on their phones at 2 a.m. in the morning and uh, they're being continually bullied throughout. And it's almost like, I, you know, you're like, well, why don't you just not go on Snapchat? Why don't you just not go on Instagram? But there's some kind of social compulsion for them to be part of that, you know?
1: It's part it, of their, it's yeah. literally part of their routine. The first thing you do probably in the morning, just like myself, is check your phone.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah, now, Yeah
1: huh? How can they, you know, a kid like kind of back away from bullying or kind of pull that out of his life you know isolate that somewhere when they check their phone in the morning and they're tagged in a bunch of posts on where their face is photoshopped onto you know an out of shape person's body or they're getting made fun of and all you're seeing is facebook posts like hey did you know this kid sucks and that kid's just like wow like you know they are right They get angry, but there's nothing they can do because, you know, a lot of people don't realize you could take the post down, but it's still up there. Like it's going to be, you know, they can add you to a timeline. They can do so many different things that I think a lot of people like adults don't really understand the grasp of social media now.
0: They're really cunning the way they do it. And I remember there was one girl who there was a video made of her being um, beaten up on a bus school bus. And, uh, you know, she's just lying on the ground. All these kids are kicking it. And that, and that exists now. And they keep reposting it year after year. It's about three or four years ago now. And another one where, and obviously I'm not going to identify any people and you don't know exactly where I work or whatever. But um, so this this guy was, this young man was 17. He had a lot of bullying all his life. Just about nothing really. Just ridiculous things. He was tall and thin and that was that. But um, he they, he moved schools because of it moved to a new school, somehow the old school, people from the old school found out, they, um, they told the new school, next thing, you know, they t- actually were so wicked, they told the teachers and things that he was gonna kill himself, and he had had those thoughts in the past, but he was doing better. And then, and then he gets off the school bus on his way home, thinks, oh God, I don't know what I'm gonna do, sits on a bridge and people are videoing him on the phones and doing Facebook Live and stuff. It's, and it's cra- just unbelievable. It,
1: it's crazy because just recently an old video resurfaced that I used to watch as a kid because this is when World Star Hip Hop came out. So it's like fight videos. You know, okay. that's how I basically spent my junior and senior year was watching fight videos on YouTube because they gave us a class with computers in front of us. And I'm a kid. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I want to see, you know, something like that. And then I ended up kind of watching more of like MMA and UFC. And then yeah, yeah. but watching these like stuff, it was a girl named Sharkeisha. I remember that specifically, said Sharkisha. And in the video, she goes, Sharkisha, no, don't kick her. And then all you see is this girl's foot just kicked this girl straight in the face, like punting her in the face, like if you're hitting a soccer ball. Mm-hmm. Got millions of views. And that girl probably felt like crap. Not the one that was hitting the other one, but the one that was getting hit.
0: Yeah. It's how we could talk about the darkness of human nature. I remember, um, yeah, this must be a while ago now, it was probably 15 years ago, maybe more. And, uh, I got uh, addicted to, uh, an online MMO, you know, and, but it was text only. And it was this, uh, uh, you know, a player kill world. So you you develop your skills, and people go around killing other players. And you could rob them. You could really make their lives miserable. You could bully them online in these games. And not everybody would do it, but the, certain people, because there was no law, there was no penalty for them being horrible to people they would just make people's lives a misery and uh, and that was a real insight i thought is this what the world would be like if we didn't have any laws that's what they call trolls nowadays it's not the little thing that hides
1: under the bridge yeah. but it's the person that goes online just looking to anger somebody you know hacks their yeah. account makes them lose everything or you know gives them, just makes fun of them and do, does something just to be stupid and mindless because they get a sense out of it it's weird because we used to watch videos of people getting hurt accidentally, like a a child goes to swing a baseball bat and it misses and hits the dad in the nuts. Everyone laughed at that. It was funny to watch people get hurt, but then people somewhere along the way, it turned into a new form where people liked seeing other people hurt other people. You know, it's a little bit different when someone hurts themselves in a dumb way. Like he's on a ladder and then misses a step and falls. Self-harm kind of. But now you're seeing it turn in a little bit where now it's scaring people because the way self-harming is now is a kid hurting himself, such as cutting himself. I remember this moment. I'm going to be a little honest here. So back in... I think it was uh, eighth grade or seventh grade. No, it was eighth grade. We had this new kid come to our school about halfway towards the end of the year. So that's like a really rough time because everyone already knows each other. And he came from a whole different place. Um, He came from, I think, Wisconsin or Michigan. And we're in Ocean City, Maryland. So that's a big Midwest change Mm -hmm. all the way to the East Coast. So it's a completely different vibe. And I remember he was He, he, you know, he would brag, like, I mean, we're kids, we're 14, 15. So he would brag a lot. And I remember he tried to come in to school, and he brought a bag of grass, a legit bag of grass, like, I mean, not talking about weed, I'm talking about like lawn clippings. (laughs) and he started telling everyone it was like some really good marijuana and i i remember immediately everyone was like kind of like oh really oh really like you know calling him out on it and i remember he got so upset these kids like he ended up throwing it away after lunch and like coming back into class and then tried to forget about it like it was something stupid just to get attention and nobody would let it go then after like I think it was like the second day we got in there and they all were still kind of like, kind of like people are snickering, like whispering gossiping to themselves. Mm -hmm. A bunch of little girls were, he got up and said, can I go to the bathroom? Went to the bathroom and like came back like five minutes later, like his eyes were all kind of watered up. Like he just cried. And I Mm -hmm. was like, damn, I was like, he must, he probably got upset in the bathroom or something like just had to let it out. So I asked my teacher, can I go to the bathroom? And um, so I leave, I leave when he gets in, I go and I, I knew he had something in his hand when he walked out. So I went into the bathroom, I looked in the trash can, and there was a note. It's all crumbled hmm. up. So I open it up. And it is just relentless, like a long paragraph of I fucking hate everyone I want to like, just like yeah. threatening to kill himself threatening to kill the kids like yeah. just going like, severe anger issues. And I, 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 I grabbed it and I brought it to my teacher. Cause I was like, Hey, there's something wrong. Like he really took this a really different way than I guess what I really understood. And um, I remember he went to the principal's office and all these things happened, but that's when I started realizing, like that's when bullying was like becoming a huge, I mean, we all know like the kids pick on each other and stuff, but after that moment I started having like a different realization of the words that you can say to someone.
0: Yeah. I don't think people realize the impact it has on if, particularly if you're sensitive uh, and you, you people some people are and you don't know what's gone on in somebody's background what's going on in their home life if they've moved to a new area what why did they move what's gone on there and they could be really fragile and uh, yeah bullying's a big thing and and funnily enough it kind of one of the things you find out is that it, you carry it with you. And somebody who's been bullied at school tends to be bullied at work and they tend to be, you know, end up you know, 40 years old and they're still being bullied by, by, and maybe even get into a relationship and get bullied by their partner as well.
1: It's really weird because um, in psychology, you learn about environmental influences and these types mm. of things that affect you later on in life that somewhere in your developing years really hit you. You know, if you're, you come home and you're around an aggressive household, you tend to take that out towards kids around you in school. Yeah. Um, yeah. How does bullying change for you? Like from, were you bullied in school? Is this why you kind of wanted to dive down the road?
0: No, no, I wasn't. Um, I don't remember. You know, I, I could be the the funny kid, you know, so I wasn't the toughest kid in class, but I could always make people laugh. And because I could make them laugh, I never really had any problems. I think the the key skill was making allies, you know, and uh, I always had, it sounds bad, but I always had friends, who. so I never never really got that. I suppose it's a fair question to say how we ended up going into mental health. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Well, we we're talking about some things now. So we're talking about you know where I I grew up in a pretty rural area in in a remote part of England. And uh, back in the day, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of drugs around, and there was just a bit of weed, and people had some amphetamine and stuff like that, and maybe a tiny bit of LSD. Some people some heroin, you know. But that was that that was pretty rare. All of that. And um, I, uh, I'm one of these people. So you know what we say is that most people can smoke marijuana and be fine. Really, ninety percent I would say, but ten percent have a susceptibility and they'll they'll become psychotic. And uh, I've seen a lot of that. But it's it's if I was to say it's a majority, it would be a lie because it isn't. But unfortunately, hey, I'm one know, of
1: those. I'm one of those guys. Me too. <laughs> me <I'm>, too. <laughs> I swear to God, every time I've gotten high, I've gotten way so I've gotten two stones to the point where I threw up. Or I remember one experience, I was sitting in a car and I thought my, my balls slipped into my asshole, <laughs> like got sucked in there. <laughs> and I was out. Like I told, I explained this and people laugh. I'm like, my mind, I have ADHD, so it's already on a creative spree. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I didn't like, I've gotten to the point, like I smoked a little bit and I was like, wow, this is nice. I like this. But then I find myself overthinking if I smoke too much yeah and next thing you know there when you hit the too much there is no going back it's like oh you're in it for the fucking ride
0: yeah well i mean you know that's what happened to me i ended up getting really paranoid i got to the point where i thought there was a guy lived in the town he used and i used to see him and, and he used to he was eccentric and he used to wear black black cape and i got convinced that he was a black magician and he was coming after my soul, you know? So I, oh, it was a bad time really. I'm laughing about it now, but it wasn't very nice. So, and then funnily enough, you obviously I'm older, I've got kids and my two daughters now are in the twenties about your age actually. And, um, both of them separately. One of them went to Amsterdam, and in Amsterdam, this is what you do. And she wasn't experiencing these things. And then got totally paranoid thinking the people at the next table were going to come and get her and had to run out of the place. The other one, different place, uh, I don't know where she was, in Liverpool, I think, and similar paranoia. So I think there is a genetic, actually, funnily enough, there's schizophrenia in my family as well, and some of the cousins. So um, yeah, so I avoid all that stuff. But anyway, it made me very interested in it. And, um, and I thought, yeah, this is, I just, you know, this is really interesting. So I got, I got into it and yeah, I did psychology degree as well, uh, one time and I don't, at the moment, I don't, you don't really work with that psychosis side of things. I work with the more emotional stuff. So we see a lot of people. Well, there's a personality disorders and things. Yeah.
1: They say you can't overdose on weed, but there's a thing known as the green out effect, which is when you smoke too much, your body gets way too high and Mm. it doesn't know how to calm down. So someone that is kind of experiencing a lot of anxiety, it can actually worsen your symptoms. There's also a small percentage of the population where they are allergic to the THC effect in marijuana. Mm. Um, They get pale, they get cold, they can go unconscious, you know, stuff like a severe uh, allergic reaction. And I say to these, like, a lot of kids, they choose, like, I mean, I know it did for my junior and senior year, I was smoking, mostly because it was a bonding relationship with my brother, who that's his thing. Um, He writes music and does that. So he he loved that because he got a different high than I did. But I find myself being a newbie trying to keep up with him. I, I ended up getting way too stoned to the point mm-hmm. where I I I I don't dive into it now. Only on the concept of it's already taken the sunglasses off my eyes. It showed me another kind of reality a little bit, like looking at things in a more texture and more detail, which I am grateful for. But like I said, the overwhelming effects. I mean, I got locked in the bathroom for forty five minutes. I uh, was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick, you know, take a pee. Next thing I know, I'm in the bathroom, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. There's a song by a little Dickie called Too High, and it literally explains my whole scenario. Like, you know, got a shit, but the path to the bathroom is complex. And he's sitting on the couch and he's like, I can't get up because there's too much like planning. Like, yeah. that's that's perfect. But mm. like these, the, when you're developing as a kid, there's so many influences that can go into your life and I, where people are going to say, like, how did how do you not have, you know, like a, a, a bullying thing through school and now you're doing that as your job? See, the thing is, it's like you said, it's not a bad job because you get to help these kids on the basically the edge, like they're ready yeah. to, you know, end it even though they're looking at the short-term answer, they're not looking at the long-term. Like what's gonna happen is it gonna, cause they think it's gonna last the rest of their lives.
0: Yeah, but you, you said at the very beginning about when you're five, you have five-year-old problems, you know, and then the biggest problems that you've got in the world, when you're 85, you have 85-year-old problems. They're all different problems for whatever life stage you're at, they're pretty serious. So you can look back at a, you know, a 15 year old is gonna look back at a five-year-old and go, what the hell are you worried about? This is Nothing, but for them, it really is, uh, and the same thing you know what isn't a problem for you now might be when you get older, so it's all relative,
1: yeah, and I think like a lot of the you know I hear you know i'm obsessed with mental health, I'm obsessed with the brain in general, mm. but like I wanted to go and do social work, and I wanted to help kids that were getting bullied help kids in school because that's a very strong time and a point in your life. I don't want to say bullying's good, but I don't want to say bullying's entirely bad there are the way it used to be done you know a kid making it, it can motivate someone to get their life changed for me i was picked on for being overweight i've gone to the gym every single day and worked out every single day for 7 years now i have not missed one i hold mm. myself entirely to that cuz i stay committed to it but Mm. I saw the change in my body having a six pack now. And then somebody who picked on me back in school messaging me because they have a beer gut and they're like, can you help me? Like, I need help. I'm like, I'm more than willing to help you because that was something in my life that it was a very struggling time for me, but I took it and went the right route with it. The problem is when it comes to uh, the answer you don't want to look at the long-term. You want to look at what's the quickest way to get out of this. And people's mind immediately goes to, especially when you're depressed, is ending it. Is They don't yeah. want it to keep on going on because they think it's never going to end.
0: So one of the questions um, we ask is, you know, what, what, what is it that you want to end? If, if we could give you another way of not feeling, is it you don't want to feel this way or is it you want to be dead? And some people say, oh, I want to be dead. But actually, mostly, 95% is actually, you just don't want to feel like that. And if there was another way, most people will take that. Um, Because, you know, and then you get quite metaphysical, and I'll say to them, and obviously probably not with an 11-year-old, Although I might is you know what do you think what do you think what does death mean to you? what does it mean and it depends uh, a lot of kids these days, I would say our we're quite atheistic culture really even so people a lot of young people just think they're going to be switched off like a TV
1: yeah. Well, uh, that's- yeah. With uh, Christianity becoming so such a low point now, you see that the, there, it's about 45% in America now that are Christians and the other mm-hmm. ones are other religions that fall in, but there's a high majority of the new millennial population that
0: is atheist or doesn't yeah. believe in religion. Yeah, they wouldn't probably say they're atheists. That it's not like a commitment. It's just that they don't believe in those things. So, yeah, and I say, well, you know, that's a bet you're making. That's a, that's a wager you're making, really, because you are making a bet that you are going to do this a very serious thing and then your problems will stop. I said, you know, if we're in India, we, you, they'd be saying not, you're just going to come back, you know, and you're going to have to face the same problems. And if we were like 100 years ago when people were really devoutly Christian – depending on which branch of Christianity, you, if you do that, you're going to burn, you know? So so you better think carefully about this. And what about if there's another way? What, why wouldn't you take that if there's a, if there's a chance? But, uh, you know, people get depressed and one of the features of depression is you cannot see recovery. You just, it's a feature of it.
1: Well, have you? I mean, everyone gets depressed, but the grasp of it, it's like a fucking demon hiding on your yeah. back, like, just do it. Just do it. Just end it. Take that, just take that drug.
0: You know, do you know a lot of people hear voices and um, more people than you think hear voices? I think it's something like 10% of the population. And by and large, those aren't, that's not schizophrenia, that's not a psychotic, that's only about 1% of the population. So um, people come, particularly parents will go, you know, my son, whatever he hears voices, aren't you really concerned about that? And I go, well, it's a symptom. It's like having a fever when, you, you know, when you're septic, you have a fever. The voice is a, is a symptom of, your, uh, of, the, of the state the person is in. And if, if they feel better, the voice will probably go away. So a lot of these voices are very derogatory and persecutory. And sometimes people can recognize the voice. So I'll say to them, you know, um, do you know who the voice is? Is it a man or is it a woman? Is it more than one? What age are they, what accent have they got? Are they local to you? Do you know them? And, and some, sometimes they know who it is. And these voices continue into adulthood and they'll say, oh, "It's my dad. And what, what's your dad saying? He's saying basically what he used to say when I was a kid, you know, I was useless and couldn't, was never going to make anything of myself and I might as well just kill myself, you know? So um, yeah, well, we, voice, yeah, voices are common.
1: We all have a type of subconscious or a inner self that kind of tells us not to do dumb shit. Uh, <laughs> mostly like, Hey, that's hot. I probably wouldn't want to touch that. But I think yeah. Robin Williams in one of his bits now that I look at it more closely, he suffered from severe depression, yes. but he talks about that inner voice. He goes, you know, that inner voice, when you look off a bridge and it just tells you in the back of your head, jump, you can mm. fly. Everyone's mm. got something, you know, looking in the mirror, they go, Oh, you look like shit. You know, something like a side, quick little thought. That little voice that kind of speaks to you. But I think a lot of people where we're looking at people that are dreamers, um, they spend a lot of time in their head constantly. That's not always good because sometimes you can't break what's thought from reality. And that's when it plays a giant role. As a kid with a large imagination, they can choose to live in their thoughts rather than experience, you know, the reality because it is a little bit scary. Video games help in that way, gives you a kind of a sense of relaxation. But a lot of times people get online and, you know, they're having fun, but it gets it's your community interaction with still behind a screen. And that's where people get the most balls, I would say. They yeah. get all gutsy, you know, they're all like, oh, you you suck, you know, your mom sucks and all this type of stuff. And <laughs> just goes down the list. And you find as a kid, you're hearing these things, you take it to heart.
0: Yeah, people, people start to wear it, you know, somebody gives you this and you start to own it like it's you. Uh, one of the people, of course, there are a group of people who think they're wonderful, we never see them because they're walking around looking in mirrors going, hey, I'm pretty special, you know. Uh, we, only see, we tend to only see the people who, who have the negative message.
1: Well, yeah, we live, we live in a world where literally everybody is judging everybody. On the basis of their looks or on the basis of what they have this society it's an adopted nature I call it because we're not meant to live this way but things like Instagram things like celebrities things like this create these idolized people these people that seem perfect but they have a lot of flaws because they are human and I think a lot of people lose that grasp of humanity
0: A lot of people, a lot of young people, you say to them, what do you want to do with your life? And they want to be famous. They want to be Instagram famous or a YouTuber. Actually, maybe YouTubers do entertain people. Maybe Instagram people do as well. But, you know, like famous for what? Well, it doesn't matter as long as I'm famous. They just Um, want,
1: they don't want to feel loved. Hey, that's it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're in a society where we've adopted false communication. We rely on messaging and doing these types of things and have instead of having social interaction anymore through face-to-face contact, you know, shaking somebody's hand can be Mm -hmm. easily done with a Snapchat wave or Mm -hmm. you know, we're not hanging out anymore. It's it's a really bad way of problem solving because we get so depressed we get comfortable where we don't want to leave the house. How many times after a long day do you just come home and cancel your plans because all you want to do is lie down?
0: Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Funnily enough, I was talking to the father of one of the kids and he was saying, nobody really these days just kicks back and does nothing. Well, it used to be common. People would just sit and do nothing at all. They wouldn't be watching TV. They wouldn't be on the phones. They just wouldn't be doing anything. And I think that's less and less common now. You're always doing something, you know, it's like ADHD society, really
1: well we're we're so used to so many things now, so many screens, everything mm. you know you're not just doing one thing anymore, and that really it's like you're trying to build progress and so many things at once and not putting everything into one thing where you could build it up even faster. Yeah. a lot of people want fame, I think that's been recorded throughout history someone wants to be remembered through something because especially nowadays where you're seeing religion, a lot of people are you know does don't really have a belief in anything mm. they're Afraid of dying and not having another place to go. They're just gone. You know what I mean? So, what yeah. they're trying to do is they're trying to record themselves into history. They're trying to leave a piece of them behind and trying to live through that way.
0: I think you put your finger in it when you said um, people just want to be loved you know at the bottom of it most most of the time most of the people you see what they want is at the bottom of it they just want to be loved and sometimes they are loved they just struggle to feel loved but you know the the you know the bodybuilding stuff we we used to see tip, typically young women you see young guys as well now with anorexia you know I'm thinking they're fat, but they're not or making themselves sick.
1: You're talking to someone right now. I have body dysmorphia, man, yeah. I look in the mirror to the point where I don't even want to take off my shirt. I have a six pack, but I don't like it because I've been uncomfortable my whole life with my looks. <laughs> so constantly, you know, I'll eat three French fries and I'll go yeah. to the gym and burn sixteen hundred calories.
0: Yeah, uh, but the male equivalent of the, of the because if the, you think about the idealized male figure is that society's telling you, you've got to be big, you've got to have the big shoulders, the big pecs, the six pack, or else you, you don't count. And and it is like, uh, and for the girls, it's like, uh, they've got to be thin, stick thin, you know, be on vo- in vogue. Uh, and the, these messages given to people, this this is conditional love. Unless you achieve this, you're unlovable. And that people take that really deeply, and it's not true, obviously.
1: Yeah, because I think, like I said, we live in a world that judges on appearance. We judge on what people have, cars. We judge on – because we live in a world where it seems like it's so easy to get these things. It's so obtainable, but you're being lazy if you can't. There's genetic factors to the point where you can't have a six-pack. You know, someone that is a big, a big person – it, it's probably a high likely possibility it's not in their genetics to get a six pack, but it doesn't mean they can't get in shape, but that's mm-hmm. not what we care about as people. The people nowadays have adopted a mindset to where if you don't look like, you know, Jason Momoa on TV, then you're mm-hmm. not, you're not important. You're not anything like that mm-hmm. if you don't have an ass like Kim Kardashian or Nicki Minaj, you don't have, you know, you're not worth it as a woman. You need to go to the gym. Okay. You need to lose weight. And it, it puts a lot of struggle because have you ever seen the models like now we're seeing in society nowadays where it's, it's getting a little bit better with plus size models and yeah, these that. types of comfortability with um, being yourself, you know, a little bit about like, it doesn't matter what your size is. You want to be a big chick now. They're yeah. going that complete opposite. I, I think it,
0: yeah, I, um, I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say something about that. Um, well. No, I can't remember. Mental blank. It was about because my phone just went, this is ideally what we're talking about. You know, I thought I switched my phone off and distractibility and somebody sending me some WhatsApp messages. So, um, but yeah, the, um, people have always judged people by their by their looks, I guess, even you go back to the earliest movies. But interestingly, you you know, when uh, Kirk Douglas took his shirt off, he didn't have a six pack. And uh, oh. I don't, I don't think William Shatner had one on the first Star Trek either. I think I can't it remember. changed when Bruce Lee took off his shirt. Yeah, Bruce did. Yeah, yeah, when, Bruce did.
1: When Bruce Lee took off his shirt, it was like holy shit! Like yeah. that guy doesn't have an ounce of fat on him, and I think yeah. more people try to do that. Then you saw Chuck Norris try. I mean, Chuck Norris really didn't have a six pack. He, yeah. just, he yeah. had a hairy ass chest.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's nobody wants those anymore, you know. Um,
1: You know, back in the day, there wasn't, it wasn't about being, you know, it wasn't about having a a six pack or anything. It was about being a man's man. You know, you you drove a Silverado truck. You had a giant mustache. You had hair on your shoulders to the point where you look like you're wearing a sweater. (laughs) You know, that was the woodsman style.
0: Yeah. Smoke Marlboros. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it's true. It is. It's true. Um, did you see? Funnily enough, did you see the, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the recent movie with um, oh, oh, Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt, yeah. And uh, of course, Bruce Lee's in that, isn't he? And uh, they're going to they're suing him, I think. They're suing the uh, Tarantino because they they um, portrayed Bruce Lee in an unfavorable light.
1: It's see that's the thing though because that was a really weird kind of change to society too because when Bruce Lee came out you know when his movies came out kids were freaking out they loved the that's where karate got a big like I'm pretty yeah. sure every parent was signing up their kid to do karate to
0: do karate you know,
1: they were yeah. buying ninja stars they were doing everything it was such an influence and nowadays you're seeing things like you know, horror movies and these apt movies, like they're, it's just developed into a whole new thing. We live in a horror world, but you know, like you do a podcast on it for sure. I know we went off about like mental health and stuff too, and it all plays into a thing. You do a podcast called G- Classic Ghost Stories.
0: Okay. Yeah, I do. So yeah, and I've been trying to work out if there is a connection between the two things. I'm not, There must be at some level, but I just do this. This is my um, fun time, really. I do the podcast to do things, that, uh, that I like and, and I can relax and chill out with. So basically, it's a podcast and I decided not to to just do it. You know, like audiobooks and um, the old, there was LibriVox, I don't know if you've heard of that, which is a talking book service and people recorded classics. And I just wanted to do that and have a different story every week. I've been doing more than once a week, just your classic ghost stories, um, out, it's not, it's free. So, um, most of the stuff's out of copyright anyway, but, um, I'm doing, um, I'm recording some of the classics. There's a one called Carmilla, which is, um, the first female vampire story from, I think about 1910 or so. And I was thinking last night, maybe I should do Dracula as well. Cause I love Dracula. Um, so I've always had an interest in these things, to the extent of when I got married. In my honeymoon, we went to Transylvania and uh, went around all, which is a beautiful place, absolutely beautiful place. And uh, I've been there twice now, and and I've been to Whitby as well, where I'm going there soon. There's a there's a, um, a folk horror convention in um, December. I'm going there too, but that's where Dracula's supposed to have landed from the boat and uh, been to the graveyard. Anyway, so I'm thinking of reading Dracula, um, even though it'll probably take me about two months to do all it because it's quite a long book. But yeah, no, it's just it's old, old style, old school stuff. So it's not so much... The new
1: culture of horror, which I really, really honestly hate, Um, what's really weird is that we started preying upon serial killers and these types of notions. Instead of building up a story like it did before, we play on quick jump scares. Now, when it comes to serial killers, horror, I think the one thing that fascinates me about it and that can actually truly scare me because I really don't get scared over ghosts or anything like that, it's mental health. When that movie, The Visit came out where the kids went to the grandparents' house and it turns out it wasn't the grandparents at the ending, but the the grandma was experiencing sundowning where she would go around naked and do weird shit around the house. That stuff started freaking me out. Uh, Split, for instance, multiple personality syndrome. That's where I'm like, oh, shit, because this is a real thing that a lot of like I remember in my psychology studies, there was a kid. That was only fourteen years old. That tried to kill his family by setting his house on fire because he suffered from severe schizophrenia to the point he thought King Tut was outside of his house trying to kill
0: him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the visit. Actually, talking about that, do you remember the the grandmother underneath the barn or whatever it was and moving like, oh my like like a God. spider. <laughs> yeah, that was that was scary. Yeah, not much scares me these days, but that scared me. Yeah, that was her, her, her movie like that.
1: Mental health is kind of scary in a movie because it's such a real thing. There are people, you know, like for me, my buddy's mom was schizophrenic, ended up taking her own Mm. life, but that was an impending thing. Like that was kind Mm. of nervous. You don't when you when someone says they have mental health, before they think it was you know it was a we didn't really understand it. ADHD, mm. you know, for me, back when I was in school, they didn't understand it. They thought, throw a pill at them or something like that. That'll yeah. fix them. Mental health, you know, they considered ADHD, you were basically special. You were retarded. And it's weird now because now we're looking at it like, no, it's just a disorder. It's a little bit of a, a, a Do, kind of a roadblock.
0: Well, I actually think it's talking about ADHD, it's just the brain is wired differently, but it isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's not. Cos- because people with ADHD are very creative, they jump all around the place. There's certain things you wouldn't want them to do, but there's certain things that actually really—they get bored easily. But you know, the, certain jobs are absolutely ideal for. So I would say to somebody who's got ADHD, you know,
1: hey, okay. I found my I found my burden and curse with it. My curse is I never get any sleep. I have insomnia from it. Mm. But with that time I don't sleep, I'm podcasting at 1 o'clock in the morning my time yeah. with someone in UK or Australia where it's the middle of the day their time. I'm interacting with more people because I'm using it to my benefit. Instead of being lazy and sitting that's on my true. phone at it's 1 true. o'clock in the morning, I'm using it. And it's funny because I only need an hour or two hours, and I'm good for the day.
0: Yeah, that's I, I need a bit more sleep than that. But, you know, the other thing that we see a lot of is um, autism. And that's the way people's brains are wired. And actually people with that kind of brain make really good mathematicians for one thing. Yeah, they're, it's
1: called idiot Savant syndrome. But where they're
0: just, you know, they're fantastic. So just because you, society says this type of brain, if you're that type of person, then we're gonna say you've got a disorder. But it's not a disorder, it's just a, a different version of uh, humanity. And uh, it's, it's got its place. Talking about things like that, we talk about like psychopaths or sociopaths, I think you call them in the States. And, um, you know, we're scared of them because they don't have emotions and they can be very cold and very, uh, they don't really care about other people's feelings. Their but brain's it, wired differently. Yeah, they are wired differently. They, they, can, they know other people have emotions, but they don't, they don't feel them themselves. So they can, if they're clever, they learn to mimic them. Now, that doesn't sound very good, but when they've done tests... If you want, they don't feel fear particularly. So if if you want a firefighter to go into a burning building, you, a psychopath is the best person to do that. Because a surgeon, you know, he's not going to lose his shit when things go wrong. He's going to keep on top of it, or she. So everything, every kind of person, th- th- there is a use for, you know, or else I guess they wouldn't have evolved. Um, so yeah, that's I feel strongly about that because people get labelled Um, you know, you're not good at this. You can't do this, but yeah, but you're good at that. So people who aren't academic can build houses, you know, people. And funnily enough, we value certain skills more than others. So we value thinking people who can think analytically, we value kind of sporty people, people who can, who are athletic. Um, but what about people who care? Because obviously I work um, in the in health profession, so it's female dominated. And the female, the typically female, I don't want to kind of stereotype things, but caring and then compassion and empathy.
1: Well, it's a nature versus nurture aspect. We have yeah. a, the, it's, it's not a dominant characteristic in men to be empathic, which is having an, a kind of emotional awareness of everyone mm. else's emotions, kind of like sensing somebody's energy. For a guy that's able to be sensitive is seen as, you're sensitive, like it's a weird thing if you're a guy, but that's where you find a lot of male nurses. That's where you find, um, you know, male therapists because they have a different sense than what the common norm for a man is a woman doing a dominant alpha male position, such as, you know, um, you know, taking like a leadership role or something like that. It's like, it's a little bit weird, but those are old forms of thinking.
0: Yeah. What about that woman who was the physicist and she discovered, uh, you know, the black, she took the photo of the black hole and they give her a really hard time, you know, and partly because why can't she be a physicist? And the same thing is, you know, why can't a man do a caring role? Things are are changing, though, I think.
1: It's weird because we talk about male and female jobs and it's like I know uh, females um, who are lawyers in Jamaica, especially one of them. Shout out to her. Uh, you know, she was talking about how hard it is because people look at her, you know, her gender, because she's sitting at a boardroom with people that are 20 years older than her in a in a law firm, and nobody's listening to her ideas, even though they're good ideas, because she's young and she's a woman. Yeah. And it that's a completely wrong way of thinking. You need to start analyzing people. Like, all right, if let's say if I own a business, you own a business, okay? You get two resumes in front of you. On one of the resumes, it says this guy is going to make you fifty thousand more dollars for your company, and the other one says he's not going to make you as much and he's not going to be as productive. You look mm-hmm. at both of those resumes. If you find out the one dude that's going to make you fifty thousand more is a female or is black or a different race or something, are yeah. you not going to hire him? Are you going to deny yourself that money?
0: It makes no sense, does it? You would, no. you would hire them, yeah
1: but people still think in that mindset and it's like how underdeveloped is your brain to the point you can't rationalize that we're all people experiencing this world together.
0: Another thing of course, which has come up at the moment and and you know, I haven't seen it so much until recently over the past few years is kind of gender identity and gender fluidity and, um, seeing young people who identify as another gender and, um, You kind of go into it thinking, "Mm, is this real? Is this what's going on here? But having worked with them, I'm absolutely convinced it is. Hey, I
1: talked to a transgender person I went to college with. She did my podcast.
0: It's a he, did did
1: my podcast. And the way he related it to was, imagine looking in the mirror and not liking what you see, feeling like this is a wrong image. You don't like anything about yourself. And I could relate to that because I was body dysmorphic. Mm. So I was like, yeah. I understand that. And I completely understand it. But I think nowadays it's becoming very so, like, it's getting a lot more popular and yeah. it's becoming a, like a, a trend kind of. You're seeing kids at a young age, 12 years old, five years old, seven years old, that are getting hormone replacement therapy and their yeah. parents are going full on into it. It's like, hold on a second.
0: Yeah, I, I, I worry, whether, worry yeah. about that. Yeah, I do. Wait. I think when you're an adult and when you know you, or when you're an adolescent and you, you can you can make your own decisions but when you're very young these are kids that we wouldn't give we wouldn't let them vote we wouldn't let them join the army you know we wouldn't let them drive a car they don't know alcohol. what they want yet, because when yeah. you're a
1: kid, you're 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 what you want, and you're, you know what you what is desperate in your life completely changes all the time. You don't get yeah. a Digimon toy, you don't get a hat, you don't get up some slippers, you don't get a good Christmas present, you don't get a bike. All that shit affects your life so dramatically. But when you get older, your uh, your values change on things. Yeah. Your mind is more developed because it starts to understand what's more important: paying the bills, you know, living a life, eating food, making sure you have money to get food this is all survivability but back like when they're that young their grasp on everything is completely misunderstood
0: you actually remind me that when uh, my kids were a bit younger they loved sims you know sims came out and they loved playing and and i'm like why would i want to play a game where i have to pay the bills take the trash out go to work you know i do that anyway
1: i I love that game because it taught me so many things it taught me this is what happens i have to
0: this is true
1: I have to shit and then shower, yeah, not shower,
0: then shit. Yeah. Get it and, right way around, yeah.
1: And then it was like, but I think that one gives me the best realization of the social skill. So there's a social skill in Sims. Yeah,
0: and because you, you could make friends, couldn't you? And if you did it the wrong way, you didn't have any friends.
1: You made enemies, uh, but you see, yeah. if,
0: you, if you made a Sim that lived by
1: himself, like I did, I was like I'm just going to you know build like build up my own house live by myself don't have to live by any rules my sim social skill went down it it goes down slower than the rest but oh. all the other skills They decrease at a faster rate because they're more important. This is when I learned after being introvert for like three years out of high school that we all need to communicate on a daily basis, whether it's negative or whether it's positive. We need that interaction with people. You could be a hermit for so long, but after a while, someone talks to you, it feels like a hug for your soul. Mm. You know, but now we have social media that gives us that false hug. It gives us that, hey, somebody's listening, somebody cares out there, when they don't really give a shit.
0: Although after saying that, you know, um, I wonder if some people who are very socially isolated, if social media is a way for them to, to make a connection, to reach out and connect with other people.
1: I know so many people that are completely introverts. But they're on social media all the time, liking a picture, putting up a picture of like a sunset, never a picture of themselves because they don't want to get their image out there. But people like it. This is where you see social influencers, people that don't want to associate with actual people but do it through an online form. You look for it somewhere else, you know. Yeah. Toilets broken upstairs. You look for the next toilet downstairs. You know what I mean? You're looking for another way to get that need fulfilled. You can live a while without talking to people, but eventually you're going to need some interaction, whether it's good or bad. When you don't have conflict in your everyday life, you look for it somewhere else. This is when reality television played a big thing because Mm -hmm. it gave people that conflict even though it wasn't affecting them it was giving them that stimulus you're seeing two people argue on television it's like you're seeing a false kind of conflict going on it might have been created i think that's why reality television always has that same kind of style
0: yeah Yeah, it's over the top isn't it it's um, it's manufactured really but you know yeah we're we're we're, uh, social animals aren't we? we we exist in packs that's why we like dogs and horses I guess sheep as well cuz we get on with them Whereas cats. I like cats, but cats don't really need us, you know. Cats are not social animals whereas, you know, dogs, they love us. They want to come and see us.
1: Well, dogs rely on us too. Cats can yeah, be do. self-sustaining. You know, a cat can live outside. There can be wild feral cats. But a dog, you know, if you don't come home for a week and you just leave him in the house, he's dead. He's not he's not able to affect or, you know, do anything. It's it's crazy
0: i got a story about that. It was a guy I used to work with who was a, a policeman in Hong Kong. And he said that they had this big strike there and nobody, all the public servants, all the government workers went on strike. And they went for a long time. And so it, what it ended up, he was in the police. So he said they went around a lot of houses and people had died inevitably in this period and nobody nobody come and collected and nobody knew. So they were finding all these bodies. And he said, whether it's true or not, that... Uh, the dogs had died, starved to death, um, alongside their poor dead masters, and the cats had actually eaten them. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 there you cats go. Cats
1: <laughs> do not give a shit about right. you. They show love, sure, but it's more like, "Oh, you're here. You might as well pet me." That yeah. whole thing, you know, it's crazy. Because the first thing when someone dies, like of an elderly age, I remember when my great grandfather passed away. He bought a six-month-old dog a month before he died. And we're like, he's 94 years old. Where's that dog going? Like when he dies yeah, yeah, yeah. and immediately we like when um, we didn't hear back from him for a while, we found out he passed away. We're like, someone needs to go and check on his dog. Like someone yeah, needs to figure out where that dog's going because that dog will is just it can't sustain itself. There's no way a cat. You can be like, you know, I know so many people that move and just leave their cat at the house. Actually, you know, there's a bunch of feral cats on the street because they're, they're able to hunt. They're able to do things for themselves. Yeah. A dog can't live on the street for long.
0: No, that's right. They die. But then, of course, in some places you get feral packs of dogs, don't you?
1: yeah but they're barely living they end up dying after six months because their 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 bones are ripping through their skin or they have mange or some disease
0: there's nothing for them to eat yeah
1: they just can't they can't function well but that's the weirdest thing is because the most popular animal is a dog because it's so reliable and so trusting i mean it greets you at the door it relies on you to feed it and take care of it and bathe it and give it affection it's constantly at your side because it relies on you so much but a cat you don't really see a lot of them in the SPCA. You don't see a lot of them at animal you know, that's shelters. That's true.
0: I never thought of that. That's true. Yeah. Um It all comes down to what we said before about people. Everybody wants to be loved, and your dog will give you love. You yeah, know. Look at, animals can develop mental illness as well. I had a. We had a Boston Terrier uh, when I was a kid, and that was a very strange dog. Dude, um,
1: they get weird imprinting things from when they're a puppy i remember um we i had a dog um died a couple of years ago but she was an inbred so we got her from this breeder that we didn't know they were breeding brother and sister and doing all Mm. these things and it was a terrible you know she had we knew she wasn't going to live long she lived till about 14 pretty long for what we expected but from a young age, there was just a weird thing about her. She hated little kids. She uh, she couldn't stand, you know, like uh, she just couldn't stand little kids. But her eyes, they had like, you know when you take a picture of somebody and their eyes are red? Yeah, yeah. Her eyes were like that all the time. And she had <laughs> severe cataracts at like a young age. But she would – the fucking most scariest part of my whole entire life, and I still get scared about now even though she's gone, is when I used to step off I used to sleep on the couch like for a couple summers and she would sleep under the couch. Yeah. And whenever I put my feet down, all you hear is, Rrr. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so I'd be afraid to jump off the couch. <laughs> but now when I step off, like to wake up in the morning, I'll step out of bed and I feel like I, I, I my heels pick up real fast. Like she's going to yeah. bite me in the back of the heel.
0: But she's not even there now. No. No. And it's like...
1: you got PTSD. I fucking got PTSD?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That happens, though. Like, people develop PTSD, you know, where they can't Mm -hmm. hear alarms and things, but dogs can develop PTSD, too.
0: I guess that's right, because our basic nervous system is very similar, isn't it? We may have a more developed brain, but all the spinal cord and stuff is pretty much the same.
1: It's crazy because, like... My her name was Rio. My dad named her after the song. Her name is Rio. Oh, yeah. Juran, Juran, yeah. 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 Well, um, it's funny because I think she had PTSD as well because she hated to be picked up. You would go, my dad said he tells me this, he goes, When we found her, it was a bunch of her brothers and sisters stepping on her head. She was the smallest of the bunch, just at uh-huh. the bottom, all squished into this small ass box. Like they were fitting 20 puppies in a box that could probably only hold five. Uh-huh. And So my dad moved all the other dogs out of the way and picked her up and immediately put her on his shoulder. And then um, afterwards, we went to Walmart and got a bunch of things for her. But me and my dad sat in the car while my mom went inside to go buy everything. And the whole time she sat there looking through my dad's beard. It wasn't much of a beard. It was a little bit of a goatee, but sat there just sniffing through it the whole time. Then for the rest of her life, for the next 14 years, Whenever my dad would sit on the couch, she would jump right on the couch, go right up to his beard and start sniffing through it, like just like she was a little puppy. It was an imprinted moment. Yeah, yeah. But the only person that could touch her was my dad. You know, I would have, I remember she got older. She became more trusting into me. Um, I remember sitting on the couch and she would lay on top of me. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do. My dad's like, pet her she's 12 years old if she bites you she has no teeth left so it's not gonna (laughs) hurt she's gonna gum you to death and i'm like i would go to pet her and then you sort of start to see warm up to me and eventually she passed away i was like why did it take that fucking long
0: 12 years (laughs) (laughs) but
1: but it's like it's it's crazy because they have these um bonding moments and these experiences that people can get and that's why there's emotional support animals as well you know there's only one animal in the I, 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 I don't want to say that in the world, but there's one animal that can really level with your mind and have a communication with your mind to the point where if you're not thinking clearly, it will not ride correctly. And you know what that animal is? No,
0: go on. No. It's a horse. A horse. Yeah.
1: If you try and get on a horse and your mind is not clear and connected with that horse, it will not ride right. It can't yeah. function. Yeah.
0: The only time I've ever been on a horse, the uh, I think I've been on one twice, and uh, it just wanted to eat grass all the time. So, and I couldn't I couldn't make it do anything. It just kind of wandered where it wanted.
1: You have to be literally, it's like the movie Avatar, where they take the fucking ponytail and okay. stick it onto the fucking other thing, and the next yeah. thing they're connected, like, I, I am with you. That's what it is. A horse, literally, if you're thinking all clouded, if you're upset, if you're angry, the horse will start being angry. It'll start being upset. And this is what people can do, too. Too. People can give off an emotional energy, a type of connection, a type of hurting, and it creates something into the other person. You know, a conflict can create more aggression. Um, Being happy, being in a good mood can create a better household, a better energy in the family.
0: I mean, you know, what we do all the time, every day, all of us, we, we, we try to get people to help us out and do things for us. And we've got different styles of doing it. Some people are very charming. They make you like them and you do things for them. Some people are intimidating. You're scared of them because, so they try and get people and it works. And other people try and make you feel sorry for them and they make you anxious about them. But everybody's got a style and we all put emotions into other people. I and really I talked about ghosts. This My door's just come open on its own. That's why maybe it's the
1: oh, wind. No,
0: It probably is the wind. To be honest. Don't, yeah,
1: don't give weird. me that X-Files shit where I watch it for
0: 45
1: <laughs> yeah. minutes and they I've don't find seen, anything. I've just seen it.
0: It just came open. This thing. It's
1: crazy oh, weird. because, you know, we look at like uh, horror movies. We look at mental health. We look at things, but it's all a deep connected thing into emotion. I remember reading so many countless scary stories and all these things that literally sparked fear in me. What hmm. was, if I had to ask you, what is your all time favorite? Uh, story or scary story, ghost story, whatever you want to say, what would you say okay. would
0: be? I probably can't say one, but um, yeah, what scares you? So there's a story called The Room in the Tower by E.F. Benson. And this is about a guy who has this recurring dream. And then he goes through his life after many years and he finds himself in the place from his dream. And the people are there from his dream and they say the things in his dream and they put him in this room in the tower. And then something awful happens. Um, and funnily enough, you know, um, the way I talk about ghosts, I used to I used to do uh, ghost tours and ghost hunts, which I haven't done for a bit. And I remember having somebody come and people would tell you all the stories like this, so would tell you all the stories of things that happened to them. And this, this particular, she was about 35 then. And she said she'd had been having this dream maybe once a year about her school. And um, she... In the dream, all the kids are in the class and she's very little in the class and um, they, something comes, this monster comes and she never sees it because the door opens and, and then the kid goes and she sees the teacher. The teachers are in this other room looking through glass watching as the kids are taken and and they just disappear. And she said to me that she'd lost track of these other kids in in the class whether she'd moved away, but she thinks some of them had actually died. And as the years went by, um, I don't know if she was making this up, but I think she was being honest. Um, There was less and less, fewer and fewer kids. And one of these days, obviously, it's going to be her turn and whatever it is that's in the dream coming to get her is going to take her and so that was a scary one and that and i I actually wrote a ghost story about that based on that but um yeah that that was scary i tell you uh, yeah go on i Um. think when
1: i became really kind of known to ghost stories obviously you get the ones by the campfire like oh there was a power out and then facebook was down oh (laughs) you're like holy shit! but i remember um, going to theaters as a kid and not really understanding what I was seeing, but I remember I started to be kind of more interested into it when I got older, more in high school. Um, I used to watch like theater acts, like dramas like, you know, you see Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, yeah. But one of my favorites that turned into a movie, which I really, really enjoyed, but a lot of people didn't like it. The Monkey's Paw.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's. I'm glad you said that because I've just the our latest episode is the Tell a Telltale Heart. I know that's and why co- I
1: kind of hinted at. it. Ah,
0: very good, very good. You fit that in, so I get to do my American accent in that. So you can. Have, I don't even want any comments on that.
1: What is your American accent?
0: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it now. But you have to listen to um, the Telltale Heart and see what you think. Now, yeah, I
1: totally uh, forgot. You're from the UK. I forgot. Yeah, ask yeah. my question i always ask people from the uk and australia why do you drive on the wrong side of the road well
0: i don't know who started it I, we like to think <laughs> we probably started it you know but i don't know if that's true who was driving yeah. first yeah, I we know.
1: we fucking we we, we <laughs> did it the wrong way it's funny no, all, everybody
0: every- in europe they drive on the same side as you every <laughs> nearly everybody does apart from us It's us in britain the irish malta cyprus is it australia, australia yeah. india china yeah. india everybody. as well yeah india, india does I, I don't know what china does then you might be right i don't know
1: it's funny because uh, yeah. every time i say something i always when i ask somebody where they're from they say australia or uk or something i always go so why do you drive on the wrong side of the road like mate you drive on the wrong side mate of the road. I'm you're gonna like, say it
0: like that <laughs> yeah. All right mate uh yeah so uh yeah and i've done the monkey's paw as well of course yeah that's another episode that we did
1: it's crazy because a monkey's paw is the different aspect of getting three wishes from a genie. Yeah, very and much. You, you get a uh, a little paw from a shop or some type of weird kind of possessed or kind of enchanted item, and you get three wishes with it.
0: Mm. I imagine there's loads of those in New Orleans, which is a place I've never been, to, but I want to go to just to get a monkey's paw.
1: Well, it's crazy because like whenever you would wish something, like I wish my, uh, you know, he would like, I wish we had more money. I wish, you know, we had this to pay off this. Next thing you know, the brother loses his arm in yeah. a factory.
0: Yeah, you get it, but it's, there's bad shit. <laughs> so, it's not
1: the way you wanted it.
0: Yeah, that's right. But that's really old, isn't it? That's like uh, Aladdin as well. You, you know, these genies and things, they're trying to outwit you, don't trust them.
1: It's always They'll give you, you a of, wish, but they're a fucking lawyer. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, you know, you have even got Mephistopheles doing the deal with the devil. He'll get you what. You, yeah, he'll give you what you what you say you want. Then it turns out you didn't really want it anyway.
1: But the deal always
0: goes sour. Absolutely. what was that? Uh, oh, did, did you ever see a great film called Angel Heart with Mickey Rooney? It's quite old now.
1: I think I've seen it.
0: Um, yeah, that was scary. Yeah, that was scary. What? Because I- you realize who he is before he realizes who he is And you can see it coming and, and and it just dawns on him slowly, slowly, slowly And you're going, oh man, we can see where this is going
1: I think it's like the sixth sense too Like the sixth sense where he realizes he's a ghost That was a good twist it. You're because like, it- holy shit
0: Yeah, what? for First time you see it, it's like Blair Witch as well, isn't it? The first time they do these things, they're really powerful. And then and then you've done them and you know what they are. So that, well, I remember seeing Blair Witch when people, when it first came out and people, thought the first Blair Witch. I thought the second Blair Witch was actually quite scary as well. But um, the first Blair Witch, people thought, oh, this is a real thing from near you, would it be? It was from in, filmed in Maryland, wasn't it? Somewhere uh, near there. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, so don't go into the woods there. Um, and then... Um, yeah, that was that was very scary. And then I don't know if you've seen a film called The Ritual where these guys go they go camping and hiking in, in a big Norwegian forest and they get lost in this massive forest and they come across people who've been there for a lot this is the folk horror thing. People have been there, these strange um communities that are worshipping ancient gods in a very nasty way, obviously. Uh, so, and Midsummer as well, it's just been out as well. It's a similar thing. It's so,
1: funny because that you, have you ever heard of, in Japan, there's a thing called Suicide
0: Woods? Do you know? Yeah, I have because I read a book. Is it Murakami wrote a book where they go to Suicide Woods?
1: They yeah. they talk about like, that's a
0: haunted place,
1: you know, seeing bodies and things of this sort and you're not allowed to film, you're not allowed to do anything because of how scary it is. And I'm like, does it bring into an, uh, a rationalization of, you know,
0: depression or any of these types of things anywhere? The, the thing about Suicide Woods, I understand it's become a bit of a tourist attraction, which is um, kind of very ghoulish and awful, really. Um I, I think a know. lot
1: of people say they don't understand it and they say, what's wrong with you? It's in your head. That's the fucking problem. Yeah, and yeah. the thing is, is nobody's free. Nobody, you can develop it later in life, you could randomly, you know, Roseanne Barr suffers from, uh, like depression and multiple personality syndrome because she got hit by a car. Yeah. Her brain just flips into a different way. You can develop anxiety. You can develop depression later in life if you're constantly being around negative influences. Yeah, you, yeah. It, That's how you create a fucking horror story is by twisting someone's mind and making them perceive something. I mean, it goes hand in hand.
0: The, the, like the psychological horror. Um, what do they call it? Gaslighting, where, where, you, where somebody convinces you that you're crazy uh, and they just twist your reality um yeah like that's that's a thing people do that yeah
1: shawshank redemption shit i mean how many times do you see like a horror movie or something where the person goes what do you talk about you're crazy and they're lying the whole time but eventually you start believing it yeah 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 like maybe i am crazy and then really you find out they're lying you're like holy shit like have you ever seen the movie or not movie tv show it's called ash versus evil dead it's
0: on netflix no no i haven't seen that
1: well he's getting into a fight with a demon and like uh you know, the demon is uh, dressed up as his dad and everything and like kind of shapeshifts into his dad. Yeah. And he's, he's fighting the demon like, I know you're just a trick. Then he actually, like his dad actually walks in and yeah. he starts attacking his own dad and kills his own dad. And then the demon's up behind him. And he's like, holy shit, because it percepted his mind in such a way. And eventually yeah, yeah. they put him in an insane asylum to the point where he thinks his whole life is a lie and everything. And he's like trying not to fall oh, into it. Yeah. It's like, that's what scares the shit out of me. Someone tricking yourself into believing like people do that to get out of lie detector tests. There are people that believe something so full on that they can literally lie to themselves to believe the truth.
0: Because they believe it's true. Yeah. They've come to believe it's true. Even though, even though they started off knowing it was a lie.
1: What is yeah. one of your kind of favorite, like kind of, I guess, fictional or folklore monsters, you know, from an old classic tale?
0: Oh, monsters. Um, I'll tell you what i, I, I we haven't mentioned, um, Call of Cthulhu and things like that, have we? It would probably be some of those Lovecraftian monsters where they're big, like the Shoggoth, it's a big heap of goo and tentacles come out. There's always tentacles in Lovecraft. Uh, they come out of it, you know, it's probably something like that.
1: I think what's fascinating about old folkloric monsters is that the, how they are basically so relatable to people, you know, on just the inner ambitions. Let's talk about the werewolf, okay? So a, oh, werewolf, I love a werewolf, yeah. Love turning a werewolf. into a beast, you know, having this dark side, this monstrous animalistic side to you. That's kind of seen in people nowadays, you know. Yeah, but- and a-
0: Yeah, I I mean, yeah. If you talk about those, yeah, yeah, werewolves, good. I still love vampires. You know, well,
1: vampires is the fascination with people and immortality. Everybody wants to live forever, but I say, like, it's what really put that into grasp in my head is when I saw the Last Witch Hunter with Vin Diesel. Okay, yeah. and he's sitting on the in the beginning with Elijah Wood, and they're just talking, he's like, it must be so fascinating, living all this like long years and having this long life, and he goes, "I've seen the streets before it was built, how it is now, I've seen the blood, it just cities built on bodies, and he's like, just he's remorseful, he doesn't want to be eternal anymore because he's he's tired of it, he's seen it. He's been around. He's watched people love and die, and that's why I say I never want to live forever because you would get so bored with it.
0: Yeah, I think you would get bored with it. Everything, because you know when you've done the thing ten times, you don't. It's not as good. You don't. It's always the first couple of times. It Um, only lasts like five
1: hundred years, and eventually, Dracula's like, "I just want to meet the person that conquers me." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, um, you know, fully enough about these folkloric monsters. There's still. I remember talking to old people who, who were all dead now, but who still believed in them, you know, still believed in the fairies and things. When we lived in, I lived at one point in Wales, and um, there was a village there, and the old men believed up on the hills, the fairies still gathered, they wouldn't go up there at certain times. Um, so, you know, there was still a belief, and people just laugh at that now, but who's um, to say they were wrong.
1: I think folklore has is a form of storytelling, much like, you know, you know, the religions and things that are being told. now it's all about this mystery aspect to play into your mind, because I believe your mind always wants to have mystery involved into it. You know, you want to spend your life finding the answers. Then once you find the answers, you still don't feel complete. Mm-hmm. You know, you just wasted um You know, you'd rather not know. I think all more people are just happier not knowing, but we have that fascination with knowing. But once we find the answer, we're just like, oh man, I wish I didn't find out. I wish I could still have something. move
0: on to the next thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What's the next mystery?
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I I think two of my favorite monsters are probably Frankenstein. Oh. And just because being misjudged, you know, mischaracterized. Okay, I see that. But being brought back and everyone kind of looking at you differently and, you know, everyone afraid of you, wanting to kill you and not really. I think the movie um, Van Helsing with uh, Hugh Jackman was a great, it was probably the best version of Frankenstein because all he wanted to do was help. And then they killed his his dad, his scientist master and did all these things. And then I think they kind of changed it up when Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe did the remake of it, um, which turned into a different form. But it was like bringing something back from the dead was pretty fascinating. Not like a zombie, but like a functional, super strong person. And then we look at in Van Helsing, like my favorite depiction of Jekyll and Hyde. You know, Mm. a dude with a split personality that can turn into this angry monster and, like, you know, be a brute of a man. And then also you can go back to a human form.
0: But that's like the werewolf as well, isn't it? The beast within.
1: Exactly. See, when you start to look at folkloric monsters, I think what makes them so awesome and kind of mysterious is the fact that how they kind of have an inner side to them. Uh, Stan Lee talked about this when he developed The Incredible Hulk. He was talking about. Everyone has this side to them, this unleashing berserker, this bursting kind of, you know, anger. That's what the Hulk really represented. But Mm -hmm. they have the understanding, compassionate side, which was Bruce Banner. You know, it's about being misplaced and misjudged.
0: Do you know? Um, they say that um, you can you understand your, your own story, your own life, in as a myth. So, um, for some people, it might be Frankenstein, and for some people, you know, it'd be some other kind of story. Because these folklore stories, they're archetypal, and we see them again and again and again. And we tend to li- we can live our lives. And it's interesting to think about: Are you, you know, are you Cinderella? Are you, you know? The lost boy are you pinocchio um so um are you the werewolf are you the hulk you know and even as we you've just said the hulks are retelling in a way of a frankenstein of a werewolf monster about the beast within so you know these these stories keep getting repeated right down human history and which seen, one which one are we playing i don't know
1: have you seen the the, the dark story of the real uh disney stories like the disney princess stories i think it's by the brothers Grimm or something
0: yeah Uh, yeah well they were very some of those they were fucking
1: brutal Ah, dude absolutely yeah oh my god when the sisters and cinderella were trying to fit into the glass slipper and they were literally like cutting their feet to fit it into the glass oh my and then you know with the little mermaid where uh she ended up, uh, she could never return back to sea, but every time she would walk on her legs, it felt like somebody stabbing her constantly. Yeah. So she was in pain or, and the Prince found out or left love for somebody else. So then she ended up jumping back into the ocean and turning into sea foam. It was, it's crazy. You know, I, I those concepts. I mean, I think we all know the story of Hansel and Gretel and everything. Yep. But when you start looking at them like through that version of it, it's like whoa! It puts things in a way darker, like more adult scenario. See that
0: witch is going to eat them. That witch is a cannibal. You know, she wants to cook them and eat them. That's not nice. And they push her into an oven. Yeah, they push her into an oven. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Nobody you argue that. she deserved it, mind but
1: If that yeah. was society today, wouldn't they get murder charges?
0: Uh, could you argue self-defense self, self defense? that's like probably not <laughs>
1: that's even though now even if you do something like self-defense if someone dies someone's got to get booked for yeah, something
0: yeah 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 you're pushing them into another and they might argue that that was not reasonable force
1: i would have been like yo first of all they tried to he she tried to bake me into a pie <laughs> yeah
0: that's right that's right that's i think that calls for a lot of self-defense really um Yeah, but so they are dark. They are absolutely dark. But the the story, they're important, these things. And um, going back to what we were saying at the very beginning about one of the things that struck me is seeing how hard it is to grow up and I think once you've grown up, you forget how difficult that transition from being living where, you, where people take care of you and, and everybody protects you or is it supposed to anyway. And then suddenly when you become 18, certainly under our law, um, that's it. You're, you're an adult and you've got to look after yourself. And it's a massive change and, and people struggle with it. And a lot, of, a lot of them, part of the issue is they just don't want to go into adulthood. They just want to stay being looked after.
1: Well, we live in a world that's based on suppression. You know, when you become an adult, you can't do kid-like things anymore. But now we're seeing, you know, nowadays, like, you know, enjoying a video game or something. Adults play video games now. They do. You know? They do. It's, it's turning into a, in all like, what our identification for what is a gender or what is a age thing is no longer being dominant anymore nowadays. It's seeing, like, you know, my grandparents, you know, it, they're acting like kids, they're drawing, they're playing with blocks, you know, just mm. to be able to talk to my younger nephews or something, you know, something they're all doing, but they have an inner kid inside of them that wasn't expressed back in their day. You know, when they became an adult, they had to man up and take care of the house. And
0: be serious. Yeah. Cause the thing about coloring books, wasn't it a couple of years ago, they were everywhere and people of every age were doing b- books like three-year-olds used to do. Um, but yeah, people do things. I, I'm not playing any video games at the moment because I know how much they take over my life. So um, I'm avoiding them because it, it means I get a lot more stuff done.
1: Yeah, you want to be productive, not fall. Yeah, just because like, I can, I can
0: sit there and waste, you know, 12 hours, go. And you think, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, you look, you, you're playing for like 10 minutes. You look and it's like the next day. You're like, holy yeah. shit, I didn't even get yes. to sleep. Like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's all the capacity of being able to captivate our minds into something. I mean, it's the same thing like you're reading a ghost story or, you know, you're reading a good book or watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Like it just goes, you know, you're, it's, time just goes away. That's why it people does. want it so much because they don't, they feel like, I mean, I feel like now that I'm getting older, the days are going by a hell of a lot faster. Like we're already at, at the end of
0: October. Like, I'm like It just keeps going faster and faster. Believe me. Yeah, And, and just, then I'm like, yeah. fuck, like what's the yeah. next thing I know I'm going to blink and be 40. Absolutely, then you'd be 80. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, it goes fast. Yeah, but that's all right. Um, I can't think what I was gonna say. Yeah, having these mental blanks now. Oh, yeah, ADHD. Um, how come people, kids with ADHD, can sit and play computer games and you know, video games endlessly? It's because they're all lots of little different subtasks and things to do within the game. So, although it's the same game, you're doing a whole bunch of different things, so that's how they can do it.
1: Well, man, I really appreciate you doing the podcast, Tony. It was awesome talking That's to you. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been I, good. I know it was a little bit of different conversation, I guess, you than you originally thought. You thought I was just gonna to talk to you about your podcast. But yeah, it yeah. seems like we uh, we branched it all together. I want to give you here a minute at the end though to kind of promote your content, man, because okay. you know, you got I want people to find this stuff and hear your storytelling.
0: So basically, you know, what it is is I was just saying it's a retelling of classic um ghost and horror and weird stories. Um, and probably, actually, you maybe haven't heard them before, but some of them you will have heard before. And uh, each epi- each uh, week really is an episode, and each episode is a separate story. And uh, it starts off, I just launch right into the story. I don't debate it or anything. And at the end, um, I kind of talk about what I think about the story. But if all you want to do is listen to the story, just don't listen to me. So, yeah, and it's just called Simply Classic Ghost Story classic ghost stories podcast. That's it. Um, and I'm Tony Walker. And can so, I, yeah, if you wanted to pick that up, that would be great. Can I recommend a story you should do? Go on. The Raven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed the story about me doing telltale heart was, um, cause it's quite short. So I'd done this really long story, uh, about an hour or so by a guy called Richard, uh, Robert Aikman. I've got his name wrong now. Uh, And he's very, very, very English. And as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, ah, this is too English, you know. But it turned out that it didn't record. It only recorded the first 10 minutes. And I was sitting talking to myself for an hour. Um, And then I thought, well, I need another story. And so I went from this very understated, very, you know, I don't know what you call it, to this massively dramatic uh, Edgar Allan Poe. But the Poe was better. I enjoyed that a lot, more
1: do you find that like literature through its form? Like, do you find it better in a store, like a a demeanor like that? I always found a fascination with William Shakespeare and Edgar Allan Poe on the basis of like, when he's doing the telltale heart and then he's talking about digging up like the floorboard and hearing the pulsating heart of the person he killed. Like just reading that is better than any horror movie. I think nowadays, just because it, that like I remember seeing it in a theater act and I was like, oh like, you know, like what's that rasping on my chamber door, that whole yeah. talk. Like I love that style yeah, yeah. of like yeah, it's good depicting and using such detail, like described characteristics, cause it, 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 it creates imagery in your mind, which is on the basis of poetry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Pose Poe's really over the top, but his language is so elaborate and uh, overdramatic, over dramatic, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, we want to be entertained and that's what it's all about.
1: For sure, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you doing this episode of Out of the Blank. I mean, I know it's probably like 11 o'clock there, but hey, I you know, you stayed up with me. We talked about mental health. We talked about ghost stories and enough to spook the people out on something.
0: Okay. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it. It was great.